Parenting Perspectives. Today, guys, we have a very exciting guest. We have Mark Starving, and he is a pricing educator and advisor with impactpricing.com. And Mark, if you could please introduce yourself to our audience, please. Uh, sure. I've been in pricing for well over 27 years. I've done a whole bunch of different jobs, which I think makes me pretty good at pricing. And, and the key reason is I've been exposed to so many different roles. I've been in sales. I've been a professor. I've been an engineer. Uh, so I've done a lot of different things. But the pricing that I've done for, for well over 25 years has included teaching at a professor level. That's been included being a director of pricing at some major semiconductor companies. Um, what else? I've, I've taught pricing and product management uh, for many years. So I just, I, I love teaching and I love pricing. So those go really well together for me. How did you land on pricing specifically? Because it seems like it's such a unique uh, specialty in business. When I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I've never heard of that before. But I can see how very important it is. How did you come up with that? Uh, so I'll have to say I lucked into it. But if you go back to when I was, say, 10 years old, I remember going to the grocery with my mother. And I would see prices that ended in nine. And I was so curious why companies did that. Do they think we're stupid? Because we know 99 is really a dollar. So what's the difference? And then you fast forward a bunch of years and I found myself in a doctoral program at UC Berkeley and I'm playing with scanner panel data. And so this is the data that groceries collect when you use your loyalty cards. I was able to mathematically test whether it matters if prices end in nine cents or not. And, and it turns out that they do. And then I was able to create models to try to determine how it is that people process these prices. And I became absolutely addicted to trying to think about how people use price. Now, once I became addicted to that and I started being in the pricing field, I have to tell you, it may feel like a niche field, but it touches everything in a business. What I know today, how people value products, are, they should drive your marketing. They should drive your product development. It's amazing how powerful pricing really is once you step back and use it properly. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. It's true because it's like 99 cents for some reason. You do know that it's just a dollar, but for some reason it feels much better than an actual dollar. I think I'll have to have you sort of establish a foundation for us because we're thinking pricing and maybe we're thinking about it all wrong. I'm pretty sure we're thinking about it all wrong. What is pricing, Mark? Well, I can only know if you're thinking about it wrong if I knew how you were thinking about it. But I'll tell you the two ways that most people think of pricing, what I would say is wrong. And then I'll tell you what pricing um, is, the right way to do pricing. So the two ways that people often do pricing, which I think is really not the right thing to do. One is called cost plus pricing, where we add up all our costs of building a product. And then we add a margin to that and say, that's what our price is going to be. So I think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And the other one that you see people doing often is hourly pricing, right? So I charge by the hour. So I'm going to charge $100 an hour, whatever that number happens to be. And in both of those cases, um, we've kind of made up a number that has to do with our costs or what we want. And what we really want to be doing with pricing is thinking about how much our customer is willing to pay. So pricing, especially this concept called value-based pricing, is all about understanding what your customers are willing to pay and trying to charge as close to that as possible. So that's how I think of pricing. Mm, 
I see. And I'm, I'm listening to you, Mark, and I'm thinking to myself as an early entrepreneur and to our audience members who are new to entrepreneurship. And typically we're doing what you just said is wrong. We're calculating our costs and we're putting a profit margin and that's our price. But now if we're coming out new into the market, how do we determine the value that our customer is going to put to our product? Like how do we understand the price that the customer is willing to pay initially? Yeah, so fabulous question. I want to say that. And it is absolutely impossible to do perfectly because there's no way that I can read your mind and know what you're willing to pay. And in fact, even if you were going to be totally honest with me, you don't even know how much you're willing to pay. Mm. And so it's hard to do it precisely, but we always want to do these tricks, these techniques to get closer and closer to what that number is going to be. Now, possibly the single easiest way to do this is a technique called Van Westendorp's price sensitivity meter. And if people were to Google it, they'd be able to find all this. But essentially, you're going to ask somebody who you think is in your right markets, target market segment, four simple questions. And those four questions are, um, at what price do you think this product is so expensive you wouldn't even consider it? At what price do you think the product is too cheap that the quality can't be very good? At what price do you think it's starting to get expensive, but you still might consider it? And at what price do you think it's a bargain, a great buy for the money? And the answers to those four questions are very insightful. Wow, absolutely. I'm running this through my mind and I'm like, wow, that's very, very insightful. I was just going to say, before we jump to the next topic, though, there's something I want to, I want to make sure I mention for entrepreneurs, for new startups, for new products in existing companies, I don't care. Probably the most important thing you can do before you try to do that pricing, though, is choose a market segment. And this is not easy for companies to do. This is not easy for you to do. But what I would recommend is listing out 10 different possible buyers for your product. Put their names on it. Uh, if it's a company, if it's a person, I don't care, put the names out. And then ask yourself, what are the problems that buyer is trying to solve when they buy my product? And think really hard about that. And then how valuable is it to that buyer if I solve those one or two or three problems, whatever those most important ones are? And now you can start to see what different people value in terms of what problems they have, how valuable they are to you to solve them. And that's going to inform you in terms of how you can define a market segment. Because once you've chosen the market segment, now you get to price for the segment that values your product the most. And those are the people you're going to go after. Mm, I never actually thought of it that way. Neither have I actually ever heard it being said this way. And it's, it's actually a game changer. Mark, what is the biggest mistake that you see us as entrepreneurs making as we're approaching market segmentation, target audience, and pricing, putting these things together? As I'm sure you've come across this a lot in your work. Yeah, it's hard to say there's one biggest. There's a lot of biggest. <laughs> oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> give us a few. But, but let, me, let me give you a, a one or two, see how many I can think of. For, first and foremost, entrepreneurs don't want to segment their markets. And the reason they don't want to do that is they're afraid that they're going to lose out on another piece of business. So for, for example, let's pretend like we're going to sell a car and we could sell a performance vehicle. We could sell a luxury comfort vehicle. And for the sake of argument, let's just call that two different market segments. 
And and I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, yeah, I want to go after the performance market, but but my car's still luxurious and people on the luxury side are going to want to buy it. So I don't want to target one side. I want everybody to buy my product. And you can see how hard that is. But in all honesty, if you're willing to say, I'm going after the performance market, then what you get to do is you get to advertise or market performance types things. You get to find the people who really value performance and they're the ones who are going to pay you the most for your type product. You get to price for the market segment that really values performance. And my favorite part of the story is if someone from the luxury market segment comes to you and says, hey, I'd like to buy your car. Do you know what you say? You say, yes, you may buy Mm -hmm. my car. So So the point isn't, I don't want to sell to those people. The point is I'm building my entire company, marketing messages, pricing, everything I'm doing is around one market segment. And I'm okay if other people want to buy. But if you don't pick that market segment, then your messages just get muddled, right? Well, are you performance or are you luxury or are you trying to be everything for everybody? And uh, and my favorite example of this whole thing is when I first moved, I live in Reno, Nevada. And when I first moved to Reno, I was looking for a good sushi place to eat. And uh, and I, I've learned my lesson. I never, ever eat at a place that's called sushi and anything else, right? I only eat at a place that does sushi. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Mark, you're saying this, and I'm thinking about all the messages that we're getting in terms of telling entrepreneurs you know, build your funnel wide if you're online and make sure that you're out there as much as you can, reaching everybody all the time. Splash the market with your message, with your product, with everything. And that's the way that you're going to be profitable. And from what you're saying, you know, that doesn't sound like those two messages can exist together. So let me try to tie them together, if I may. Okay. It's um, it's really hard for uh for us to put a message out that resonates with everybody. But if we're going to give a consistent message, we'll go back to cars, we'll talk about performance cars. And so I want to splash my message out to everybody, but I'm going to talk about performance cars. And do you know who's going to sign up for my mail list? People who care about performance cars. So it's okay to go wide. It's okay to go uh, really, really wide and get your message out to tons of different people, especially if you're going to be on the social world. But the more focused you are in the messaging, the more likely you are to get people to choose to follow you. There are probably 20 million people in the world today that I could find that have a newsletter. And I don't have time to read all those newsletters. And so I'm not going to read a newsletter that's generic about cars unless I happen to be a real car guy. But if I care about performance cars, I'm going to read one about performance cars. Mm. Now, that that makes sense to me now. It absolutely makes sense. Mark, I'll take you back a little bit uh, because you did talk about how we're doing it wrong in terms of the process of pricing. And I raised my hand to say I am part of that crew and I am part of that crew that wants to know the right process to pricing. Now, what is the right process in terms of we're doing trial and error to get to what I think my target market is willing to pay. Do I continually change the price? Do I continually, I'm thinking, how does that look if I'm continually changing the price? It's it's hard to say how it looks unless I know what your market looks like, what people are trying to do. 
Um, if you've got a buyer that comes to your, let's say it's an e-commerce site, so a buyer comes to your website, looks at your price, they decide to buy or not buy, and they never ever come back to your website, whether they bought or didn't buy, then you could change your price every day and it doesn't matter. On the other hand, if you have the type of buyers who are constantly coming to your webpage, they're buying over and over and over again, then if you change your price, it looks horrible. And so you want to be relatively consistent in your pricing from that perspective. So, so it really depends on the situation. You want to put yourself, in, and what I always do in every uh, pricing situation is put myself in the shoes of the buyers to see what it is that they're seeing, thinking, how they perceive the actions that we're taking. That makes sense. Now, talking about that, Mark, there's something that I see that's happening in the online space. I think just because everybody's rushed to being online in terms of pricing, everybody's going more free, more free, lower, lower, more discounted. And if you're someone who's trying to enter the market at this point in time, how do you approach that? Do you, what do you do? Yeah. So understand, first off, let me tell you how people make decisions, if that's okay. Uh, people tend to make two different decisions when they make a purchase. The first decision they make is, will I? So will I buy something in the product category? And then most of the time after they've said yes to will I, then they go on to say, okay, which one am I going to go buy? Uh, so am I going to buy from this e-commerce site or that e-commerce site? Am I going to buy this brand or that brand? So they're making a will, a which one decision. Once we understand that, now we have to decide how we want to behave. If I know that every buyer is going to go to my site and this one competitor site, and this other competitor has dropped their price dramatically, then I probably have to bring my price down in order to compete. However, if I've done a great job at my content marketing, and I've got a huge, huge set of followers and they love what I do and they come to my website constantly and they don't compare me to these other alternatives, I don't have to worry about what they're charging because people aren't going to compare my price to their price. They're simply going to say, is this worth it or not? Do I trust them or not? And so we have to understand how is it that our buyers are deciding? And if they're not comparing us to our competitors, then Let's stop worrying about our competitors. Let's stop worrying about driving prices down. As entrepreneurs, you ask, what are some of the problems we have with uh, pricing? And one of the other problems we have is we often think that, that we're not confident in our prices. We think our prices are too high, but we don't have any evidence of that. And in fact, I would bet you money that if you lowered your price by 10%, you're still probably not going to sell dramatically more. Because the problem isn't the price. The problem is something else. The problem is, um, are you reaching the customers? Do you have enough awareness? Are you getting their interest? Do they trust you as a company? And I think when you can solve those problems, then you could probably raise price 10% and still sell as many units and make a lot more profit. Wow. I think that's absolutely key what you just said. Because typically the first thing when you see your sales not moving, you think, oh, it must be the price. Like you just explained, it's probably not the price, it's something else. So really searching out what the other problem could be. Mark, another thing that I'm seeing happening is this thing where people are pricing and saying everything must end with a 97. I don't know if you've seen it. Is this something that we should be following? Is 97 the new 99? Okay. There are people that are doing A-B testing on this stuff all the time. 
And if you're going to do millions of transactions or even thousands of transactions, that may have a little bit of influence on what happens. But let me assure you, it doesn't matter that much. Now, the difference between 97 and 99 is two cents. And is it going to have a huge impact on buyers' uh, perceptions? Absolutely not. A bigger difference in their perception is whether you charge, and I'll just make up some numbers, but I'll say whether you charge $9.99 or $10. And so that has a a little bit bigger of an influence on, on the choices that you make. And I would just argue that if you want your price to look inexpensive, you charge $9.99 or $9.97. And if you want your product to look like it's high quality, you charge $10. Let me assure you, you're never going to find a lawyer who's charging $399 an hour. Mm, That's true. Absolutely true. Wow. My mind is going crazy now thinking about pricing just from the information that you've given me. I think people really have to find you and get to learn a lot more about this because this is really a game changer and understanding how to price is going to be key to success uh, for our entrepreneurs who are listening. Now, Mark, another thing that I wanted to find out from you, let's say you are a new business and you have a product, you've priced it, you've understood the value, and now you want to reach another market segment. Should you separate those two? Should you just increase the price on the product? Like, how can you have that? Let's say you want the value to the new segment to be understood. How do you play around with your price for that? Yeah, so there are different techniques that you can use, but let's pretend for a second that these two different market segments actually value your product very differently. So for example, one segment would be willing to pay you $10 and the other segment would only be willing to pay you $5. Mm. So what should you do? Probably the single best thing to do in this case is to build two different products. Um, It's actually okay if they're almost identical to each other with some really slight differences, then you get to charge a dramatically different price. And I'll give you a great example of this. If you think about LinkedIn, um, I practically live on LinkedIn. So if somebody wants to find me there, they'll be able to find me easily. But if you think about LinkedIn for a second, you can have a free account there if you want. And they've actually identified four different market segments. The four market segments are people looking for jobs, recruiters, salespeople, and then the fourth category is called professional. And that's just everybody else who, who wants extra access to what they do. And if you think about those four different market segments, recruiters are the ones who get the most value out of LinkedIn by far. And, and, it, and if you think about it, all LinkedIn is, is, is resume uh, storage and search. So people are out there networking and finding different people on, on LinkedIn. So we all do essentially the same thing on LinkedIn. But recruiters get so much value out of it that LinkedIn has created systems and features to really help recruiters get more value. And they charge them probably 10 times what they would charge you and I if we were to upgrade and get a paid LinkedIn account. And so think about creating a different product that targets the other market segments and and charge a much higher price. It doesn't have to be dramatically different. It just has to be different enough and have enough features that those people who get so much value out of your product really like it and are going to be able to get that value. That's a great approach. Mark, 
If somebody wanted to dive more into understanding pricing for themselves as being new to entrepreneurship and wanting to do it right, what resources and where can they go? So I hate for this to sound like a sales pitch, uh, but I have a, um, a whole university at championsofvalue.com. Uh, they can go to my website at impactpricing.com. I put out tons of free content. I have a newsletter. Um, I published a book in 2011 called Impact Pricing, the same name as my company. A very readable, very understandable book. Um, so that's pretty easy to get. And I'm sure, I'm, oh, we've got uh, the, the podcast Impact Pricing. We've got a YouTube channel for Impact Pricing. There's so much free content out there that, that I put out about pricing that uh, I, it, it's easy to find. It's easy to get overwhelmed by all the different things that I do. Uh, but but definitely look into it because it's so powerful. Uh, thank you for that. What is the number one book that you would advise an early entrepreneur to get and to read? I'm trying to think of a book that I think is awesome for an entrepreneur. Um, so I certainly like my book, but I think the better, I think a better book would be one at understanding uh, customer decision-making and customer problems. And I'm trying to think of one that I really liked. Um, okay, I'll give you a Madhavan Ramanujan. He had a book called Monetizing Innovation. It's not an easy read, but a fantastic, fantastic book. I always like to end off by asking, what has faith meant to you on your journey, Mark? I think that business is really about helping other people. And early on in my career, I didn't get that. But once I started just having the attitude that I'm here to serve others, it changed my entire career. It changed the way I think about life. It changed the way I think about business. But it also changed the way people perceive me, use me. And it, it no longer bothers me if I do work for free for someone because I know eventually karma is going to give it back to me. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for this really phenomenal interview. I think that it's been packed with value that is really going to help our audience to make some changes for the better and to change the way that we've been doing things. So thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. If you got any value out of today's episode, please do share it and leave a review. Let us know how we can serve you better. Check out our website. It's www.reinventingperspectives.com and connect with us on social media, on Instagram and on our Facebook page at Reinventing Perspectives. We'd love to connect with you. Also, do check out our latest book, the Christian Entrepreneur's Toolkit. It's available on Amazon.com and also through our website, www.reinventingperspectives.com. Thank you again for taking the time to listen in. Have a great day.